You're listening to the HSDNA podcast from the Garden State. Your host, Justin Starbird, and guests from HS Design walk you through each step of the medical product development process. Listen in as they discuss topics like contextual research, human factor testing, and conceptualization, giving you the best practices and real examples of success in the field. And now, here's your host, Justin Starbird. Welcome back to this episode of HSDNA. My name is Justin Starbird, and today I am joined by Michael Quinn, the Vice President of Design and Engineering for HS Design in New Jersey. Michael, thanks for uh, joining me again today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Man, it's always great to catch up with you because uh, we tend to get into more of, uh, I guess, the the technology and the and the impetus behind uh, the, what makes a design firm important, and you know what can actually make a difference as folks go through uh, their decision making process uh, as they are looking to commercialize a medical device. And so, kind of interested uh, in this topic today. Uh, that you brought forward to talk about ISO 1345 uh, and that's in its importance in a medical device development firm. So, you know, tell me um, a little bit about uh, how ISO 1345 actually establishes quality management systems and, you know, what that means uh, to you as a, as a design firm. Sure. Um, so first of all, ISO 1345 is the, uh, uh, the standard for quality management systems for medical device design and manufacturing. Um, it's if anyone's ever heard of ISO 9001, which is a, a common uh, certification for um, manufacturing firms. 1345 is the medical device equivalent of it, um, and it sets to establish quality management systems, also known as QMS, uh, within an organization and it lays out a, a set of standards um, for the organization to follow as a device is designed, developed, and then manufactured. Um, for HS Design, we, we don't manufacture, but we do follow the steps up through um, the development process of, of a device. And it would cover things such as setting out requirements, um, uh, inspections, uh, quality control of vendors, and everything in between um, in order to ensure that a, a process is followed that has a high likelihood of producing a safe and reliable product out the other end. Ah, got it. So when I, when I hear the ISO, the International Organization Standards 13485, and I, I hear that, that come up in conversation, you know, for, for some people it's, it's really important, for others it's, it's maybe not. Um, but it actually just, it sounds expensive when you talk about certification for a, a design firm and the process you have to go through. Uh, does that increase the, the pricing when, when somebody comes to look for design services from a company like HS Design? So it, it is, um, it does take resources to maintain a certified quality management system. I, I, I won't lie there, uh, HS Design and, and other firms like ours that are 1345 certified, do have to put quite a bit of rigor into um, creating and maintaining and showing uh, compliance to uh, the quality systems. But while that 
overhead will be absorbed naturally into the, um, uh, call it the hourly rate or, or however a company prices out, in the long run, it actually makes things uh, less expensive. Um, the, the reason why we maintain it and why other firms like ours maintain it is because it brings a tremendous amount of value to our clients. Um, you know, people may have heard of the term right the first time. Um, and when you're talking product development, right the first time, you know, engineers sort of chuckle at that because there are always multiple design iterations. But there's design iterations and then there's, uh, you know, major setbacks. And, mm -hmm. and following a quality management system, especially a certified one, um, does is it reduces the chance of having major setbacks. Uh, it really helps to make the process efficient um, from the get-go. Uh, and not just efficient, but consistently efficient. So um, clients, uh, you know, come to us and they expect that they're going to get the value that they, they are signing up for. And so having a certified process ensures some of the consistency that uh, could be missed if, if you didn't follow the process every time. Sure. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, what some of those catastrophes are or, or um, uh, the defense that you're able to provide against, uh, you know, doing it right the first time, right? So you're saying that, you know, engineers chuckle about that and that you're, you're trying to avoid mistakes. But what are those types of mistakes that you're actually able to avoid? Um, well, the, the biggest uh, mistake that can be avoided is, is designing to the wrong product requirements. Um, the quality process uh, dictated by 1345 emphasizes that um, the inputs for the product have to be considered in a robust manner upfront. So user inputs, technical inputs, um, all have to be, and, and risk assessments, have to be considered in the beginning of the program and documented. Mm -hmm. And if you have documented them and if you've done your homework well and you've, you've taken those inputs uh, from users uh, of the product, and users could be anybody, right? They could be uh, the patient, they could be the doctor, they could be a pharmacist, they could be a clinician, they could be a parent. Um, by taking those inputs and documenting them in the beginning, uh, you have less of a likelihood of um, missing something toward the end that would, would cause a major redesign. You know, that's one, one aspect. The other is, is the uh, um, requirements to handle risk and to categorize and rank and mitigate risk uh, within the development process. And just like you might miss a requirement upfront, by having a risk process that's documented, and, and ours is a continuing process. We have early uh, risk documents and we don't leave it there. We, we update them by phase. Um, you can look for risks and head them off through design and head them off through the appropriate level of testing and analysis prior to getting to, um, for example, a, a design verification study and, and just having the product um, show up with a, a failure that um, you might not have uh, found because you weren't looking for it. So have you seen something specifically that can be, uh, that could have been avoided by uh, having the certification? Uh, absolutely. Um, for example, uh, we've worked on a project that, that had a, a few moving parts to it. Um, it was a, uh, 
a user, uh, I have to watch my words for confidentiality, of course, but um, the user had to load some devices and then um, hit go, and the machine would take those items, pull them in, do things with them, and then bring them out. Mm-hmm. We made a small change, and those disposables that were put in were actually shifted sideways and back and then brought back together. But bringing those items back together created a major pinch point. Uh, we looked at that pinch point and we realized that this is this goes against standards for pinch points, so human factors inputs there. Uh, and we were able to guard it and build the room for guarding for those pinch points before we got to the beta program. We would not have discovered this if we weren't trained, if our team wasn't trained. This came from an engineer. It didn't come from the project manager or the customer. It came from an engineer and said, hey, we have we created a pinch point here. Mm-hmm. We need to do something about this immediately. And so while we're in the midst of development, we're able to handle it. Whereas if we waited down the road and weren't looking for it, weren't documenting our risks, uh, it, it could have been a, a major setback later on in the project. Sure. That's crazy. Well, you know, I always like to get examples to share with people so that they can bring it home. Right. And they can, you know, understand exactly how it could uh, uh, impact them. Right. At the end. Right. So knowing that, I think, you know, helps uh, contextualize, you know, the the value that you're bringing. So, you know, speaking of value, uh, what's the value of ISO 1345 compliance for a contract you know, product design firm itself. Right. So as I mentioned before, we, we do have um, a, quite a bit of effort and overhead dedicated to maintaining our quality systems. So on the outset, it looks like a cost. Um, the value it brings, though, is consistent performance across our clientele. We might touch two dozen projects in a year or more. Mm-hmm. The value is that it increases our chance of delivering those projects on time and on budget with a quality product that has minimal risks uh, that can make its way through the FDA for our clients. Um, Product development firms, no one wants to underperform for their clients and and no client wants to be the customer that, that fell through the cracks or got left behind. So it, enables us to deliver the high quality product uh, every time uh, to our clients uh, with a a higher level of probability than without that quality system in place. Got it. Uh, So what's the difference between being compliant and just and certified? So a long time ago, HS Design um, had a quality system. We did not go through the auditing process, but we said we are compliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we found out quickly when, when we did go through the audit process and, and decided to make the leap from compliant to certified was that there is a, a huge difference in um, how we actually operated on a day-to-day basis. So it's one thing to have stacks of um, standard operating procedures and and work instructions and forms if no one's really using them and no one's holding you to account to how you use them. And and yes, we get audited by our clients every so often, 
but the, the client's really interested in, in things they were interested in. And we could show on a case-by-case -case basis that we, we are satisfying their needs. But the standards organizations, um, the, the reporting organizations like BSI or, or TUV that would come in and audit you will look across everything. And they're unbiased. Mm -hmm. they're, they're looking to see how well you're implementing things from a, on a day-to-day -day basis and how well your systems comply, not just to a, a standard that you read two years ago, but a living and breathing um, interpretation of the standard. So every year, um, these organizations look at what's really affecting the industry in a positive way and, and a lot of times a negative way. And they will look to see if companies are using their quality systems to mitigate those risks. So um, I'll give you an example. After a after some high-profile uh, firms were um, audited and certain factories were temporarily shut down for non-compliance uh, because they were getting incoming material from a vendor and weren't inspecting it well and the vendor wasn't complying to the uh, specifications of the products. After that, uh, we saw a, a big uptick in um, interest in how well we were managing our suppliers. Mm -hmm. And that forced us to really look at, hey, are we getting products from our suppliers? Now our suppliers are prototypers, they're component suppliers, uh, they might be subcontractors, but it really forced us to look at, are, are we getting the value that we need? Are we getting a product from them that they say they're delivering? Because if they don't, we can't deliver to our clients. Uh, and that's, that's where, certification comes in without that industry perspective that the auditors bring in and look for each year um you're you're not going to be kept on your toes nearly as well right well and then it continues to challenge you as a as a as a firm as well no absolutely um every year we we rewrite or revise many many of our procedures and work instructions not just because of, of the audits, but um, the audits have helped us to really be cognizant of, of how these procedures are, are impacting us and where we can do better. So we do our own internal audits every year as well and look for ways to improve. We have our quality uh, meetings um, on, a, on a periodic basis and um, target areas that help us improve as a firm and improve our, our output to our clients. Yep. So does going through, I mean, so it sounds like having a big, I won't say big brother, but having uh, to go through the, the certification each year, having it be audited, be checked, does that hinder uh, the creativity of the folks in the firm or for your clients or you know, does that challenge flexibility at all? Um, good question. Um, I, and we've, we've been able to tailor our quality systems, our SOPs, our work instructions, to reflect the type of work we do at HS Design. And that's important for any quality manager, especially at a creative firm, to look at the ISO standard and tailor their work instructions, their SOPs, to not only be compliant, but to work for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we do pride ourselves in being able to do that. So how we um, create our documents, how we uh, manage our risks, is, is uh, enabling in, in two ways. One, it's very lean. It's compliant, but it's lean. Um, but two, we 
bring those risk mitigations, we bring the requirements development, we bring that documentation upfront in the project where they provide the value, right? Um, many people have probably seen a project where the, the risk analysis, the user FMEA is, is, is one example where you go through all the ways a user can mess up a product is actually performed at the end of the project right before the summative validation study is to begin because you need it to, to feed into the validation study. We don't do that, we do it upfront. And by doing those things upfront and being flexible and lean about it, we can do multiple iterations, but we get the value out of those documents the way they're meant to be used. They're meant mm -hmm. to help us design a product. Um, and by doing that, it gives us a lot more freedom. There's a lot less question about what we're designing. There's a lot less question about how the product has to perform in the hands of the users because we've already created that skeleton uh, and we have to do that because of our ISO uh, compliant and certified quality systems. Mm -hmm. So is it something that's more for, you know, big firms or small firms, or is it something that's a differentiation for you as you go get new business? Um, it, we, well, first, first on the, the firm size, it is absolutely for any firm that is developing products uh, for the medical device industry, um, big and small. Uh, big firms are going to have a quality management system that is scaled for what they do. And small firm, smaller firms uh, will be able to tailor um, their quality systems for the aspects that they touch. Mm -hmm. So it can be scaled, um, but any firm that has you know more than one or two people, uh, I'd say, that's my opinion, um, should consider looking at this if if they are truly a medical device development firm, uh, because it's really going to help them and it will help their clients. Um, down the road as well. Well, that's, uh, uh, you know, something that all clients should be looking for as a way to differentiate, you know, themselves. And so by using an, a, a firm like HS Design to be able to do that, um, you know, seems to make the journey to commercialization, you know, better for everybody involved, it, no? It, it does. And um, it, while we currently find it as a differentiator for HS design, um, it's, it's not something that we hope no one else does, right? Um, HS design works across the product development spectrum. And uh, oftentimes we'll jump into a project and do one phase or do a couple of phases and work with other firms in other aspects of the development. And I can tell you it's a lot easier working um, with, with firms when it comes to documentation and risk analysis, risk mitigation, uh, when they are 1345 certified uh, versus um, not certified. So sure. it, it's, it's makes our lives easier because we do work with, with other development firms um, on a regular basis. So it's something I, I think is a differentiator, but also um, we, we do hope to see more of it in our industry going forward. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add to uh, the discussion on ISO 1345 before we wrap up today? Yeah, well, I'll, um, I'll just sort of give, uh, give the high level again. It's, um, it does take effort, but it pays off. It pays off because it does encompass best practices and it does hold firms 
uh, and project teams within the firms accountable, which mm-hmm. creates consistency, and um, that consistency uh, helps us to um, create the value for our clients. Great. Well, I really appreciate you enlightening us today on the value of ISO 1345, the the thought process for HSD behind it, and and really, and most importantly, probably is how that benefits uh, folks that are looking, you know, for both the services that you provide, but also, you know, some of the good questions that you've given us to ask uh, of those development firms, so that you know they're able to. Uh, get the most out of their experience and and get the uh, get their product to market as uh, as quickly and efficiently as possible. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on, Justin. Thanks for joining me, Michael. Until next time, I appreciate it. This has been the latest episode of HSDNA. My name is Justin Sarbert. On behalf of Michael Quinn, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Take care. This has been the latest episode of the HSDNA podcast. On behalf of our guests today and host Justin Starbird, thank you for listening. As always, to listen to other episodes of HSDNA, go to hs-design.com and scroll over the HSDNA tab on our menu. Until next time, thanks for listening.